You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on the platform formerly known as Twitter, at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Capper. You can also find me on Twitter, but at Repack. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this episode is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code OWLSFLIGHTDECK10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. So head over to sportbuffshop.com, use the code, save 10%, buy that brand new third Owls jersey, which is now available on the site, and support local. And of course, the Alouette's Flight Deck is all over the World Wide Web and social media. Make sure you check out our archive of our seven-plus seasons of the Alouette's Flight Deck over at www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca. Make sure you shoot us a follow on Twix, or Twitter, X, whatever, at Alouette's FL Deck. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. Make sure you check out our Instagram as well, where we've been doing episodes of Flight Deck Live for each and every one of you over at Alouette's Flight Deck. You can also find us on threads at Alouette's Flight Deck. Uh, also, be sure to check out and subscribe to our YouTube page over at youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. And last but certainly not least, make sure you support the pod by checking out our merchandise store over at www.teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck, where you can find all sorts of great merchandise with the Alouette's Flight Deck logo on it, including our very popular Cartoon Bird 56 shirt, which has been flying off the shelves, apparently. Ah, pun intended? Uh, <laughs> hoisted by my own petard. Well done. That's good, buddy. <laughs> Um, I swear that was not that was not intentional. That, that just kind of that was, flew that was off good the... though. We've been we've been going at it, uh, just going back and forth here during you know before we sh- uh, started the show tonight. So it, it's been pretty good. So just just add another one to it. But um, it seems currently that the you know that the Alouettes seem to have a very good grasp. I, I think you know ever you know in Hamilton because remember at one point how dominant. The Tiger Cats used to be at Tim Hortons Field. And I think, wasn't their streak originally, their home streak was originally, winning streak was broken by the Alouettes? If I remember correctly. Sure, it, was. it was back in uh, 2015, actually. Yeah. It was their their first home loss at Tim Hort- Tim Hortons Field. Yeah. So. Was they, to the, and I, I, if I recall correctly, it was a walk-off field goal, too, to, uh, to end that streak. Was it overtime? No, no, that was later on. That yeah. was that was later on. That was the uh, that was the Geno catch, um, but yeah. Either way, I mean, as I said the Alouettes have been playing quite well in Hamilton. It was a big game coming in this week. Uh, they wanted to secure second place for themselves in the very very competitive um, uh, CFL East. Uh, and at, at, <laughs> yeah, I tell you, dude, the the way that it started, it was not looking good. But in the end, with an 18-0 run in the fourth quarter, the Alouettes won 27-14, 
firmly in second place. Yes. Uh, we're hyped about, we, we're just so hyped about how that fourth quarter, there were a couple of, of you know, things during the game, which we're still looking at even now as we are taping the show on Wednesday. Um, as I mentioned in the Flight Deck Live cliff, you know, it was one of those weeks where you really needed to pay attention to the practice reports that were posted over on the league website because, you know, Cody seemed to have a uh, a non-throwing arm injury or at least shoulder injury. Again, like I said in the live, it really isn't an injury. It, it, it's something. And then we see that, you know, you know William Stanbeck hasn't practiced all week either. So paying attention to these practice reports across the league are something that you just really need to do when it comes to the, to the next week because it may, it may equate on who will and who won't play the following week. Yeah, it definitely helps shed some light as to what's going on, especially too considering the fact that this is kind of a short week for the Alouettes. Uh, I mean, not, I mean, it's almost a complete week off, but, or, or, a week since the last game, but not quite. So, I mean, they do kind of technically consider it a short week, which is kind of strange, but okay, that's just the way it is. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of concern uh, when it comes to Fajardo, Stanback, and a couple of other guys. And it, uh, it it's so interesting, especially since this past Saturday's game against Hamilton featured a lot of guys having the, it, it's the next, the next man up mentality has really come into play here for Montreal this year, because a lot of guys, were added to the six game list and it became a matter of, okay, who's going to step up mm-hmm. and show their worth. Mm-hmm. And we got to see that against Hamilton. We, we, we saw guys step in for the injured uh, KJG for uh, Najee Murray, uh, Sianti Evans and so on. Like a lot of guys are on the six game list or will likely end up missing the season due to injury. And, the first thought is, oh, crap, like we're, we're in trouble. Who, who's going to replace these guys? And this is where you get to see where the depth is. You get to see the guys that we saw have flashes of brilliance in training camp and have been biding their time on the practice roster. It was just waiting for their opportunity, waiting for their number to be called. And sure enough, this past Saturday, a couple of guys, they got their number called and they performed in a big, big way. It's true. Um, again, it's nice to see that these guys are able to step up, you know, even with all the, the juggling that had to be done with the rosters itself. And it looks like once we get to the um, once we get to the preview for this week's game versus Saskatchewan, that there may be some changes there also just based on, as I said, the uh, who did and who didn't uh, participate in practice this, uh, for these these two last two days. Um, going back, though, to it, wasn't that one of the weirdest first quarters? I mean, yes, sure, that both teams came out unscathed with no points against each other, but still, can you imagine what the score could have been at halftime if it not had been for two picks by Cody Fajardo? You know, this is a guy who basically he's I think he led the CFL with fewest interceptions coming in. And then a guy who's been almost money all season in Cote, uh, again, having issues to start off the game while kicking. Those are those, you know, those are the really those are the two people that you really don't want to have issues. The plus is it was in the first quarter. 
they were able to make the changes that, that were necessary. And as we saw, you know, they ended up winning. But is the Cote thing concerning you? It's been two games in a row. That's a concern, uh, without question, because as you said, he's been, I won't say necessarily Mr. Automatic all year, but he has definitely been extremely reliable. And the past two games, like, uh, I, I still remember, like, he, it, I don't know if he's got the yips or what's going on, but it seems like something is not quite 100% with him. And I'm not sure what exactly it is, because he's been so reliable and, like the past two games, we saw against Calgary uh, a missed field goal and uh, a missed uh, point after attempt. I was thought, okay, well, you know, nobody's perfect. Okay, you know, you're allowed one bad game, I suppose. And you know, he still ended up kicking six field goals against Calgary. So I mean, it wasn't all bad. Uh, but against Hamilton, like he just looked in that first half looked shaky, like really, you know, like not not good. I mean, like the the missing a 38 yard field goal was questionable to say the least. And then a second field or no, sorry, it was his third field goal attempt. Cause he made, he did end up making one to at least get the elements on the board. But that third field goal attempt just before halftime doinked it like, dude, like this is, this is bizarre. Like mm-hmm. this is not something we've come to expect from David Cote. Uh, and I don't know what it is. I, I, is there an injury that we don't know about? Is something in his head mentally? Is Like what, what's going on? Cause it's like, this guy is uh, like still for my money is still one of the more reliable kickers in this league. But when you see a little instances like that, you're just like, yikes, what, what's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I, I hope, I hope, as I said, I hope it's just, just, just the little things that, that, uh, that can get sorted out. I mean, we have two other kickers that are currently on the roster. So, um, I mean, who knows? Who's who knows what 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 will be done if anything? I mean, it, it's not it's not as concerning as it has been in years past. Um, you know, with Boris Bede, they had remember they had to bring in somebody to just basically right the ship, so to speak. You know, give him a little bit of a of a scare. This I don't think it's necessary in the, in this case, but I mean, it's just like let's get through a game where you. I mean, yes, I mean as you said. You know, two weeks ago he kicked six field goals after missing missing one and, and uh, missing an extra point. But and then there's the I said the interceptions. One really wasn't on him. One was. You know, the one where, uh, um, who who was it? Well, hmm? It was Herjie Mayella. Yeah, yeah, Herjie Mayella. Yes, yeah, yeah uh, falling. That that really yeah. wasn't. You know, that we've seen it, that happen. It happens. Yeah, exactly. That happens. The second one though. The thing is that they were both in the, basically the Owls are driving. So again, I, yeah. you know, with the Owls winning 20, again, 27 14 to become four and three on the season, that again, it was early. Thank God it was, <laughs> thank God it was early. So it, it was so weird too, because yeah, that, that second interception, like if you didn't know, like you saw, okay, Herjie Mayall was in the area, but mm-hmm. if you didn't know better, you, you'd swear Cody was throwing it directly at Richard Leonard. And, he got both those picks off of Cody and like that's, that's the kind of thing that can get into a quarterback's head if, if, if he lets it, but uh, yeah, it was just awful. Like just, it, it just didn't feel cohesive. Like thankfully the defense was pretty well on point. Oh yeah. For, for the most part. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, my goodness, uh, Sean Lemon was definitely <laughs> that, it, that was definitely his coming out party. hundred percent. 
I mean, he had himself a phenomenal game. But the everyone else on defense, like guys that were stepping up, uh, like uh, Jared Reed, for example, he had a pick against uh, Taylor Powell. Mm-hmm. Absolutely outstanding. He, too, was playing pretty well. He did, unfortunately, though, he had this one penalty, though, that oh, was definitely not good. A uh, face mask, unfortunately, as he was trying to wrap up a guy and tackle him. Uh, that was an ill-advised penalty. Uh, we'd like to have that one back because that definitely helped put uh, – I, I think that helped uh, Hamilton score their their one touchdown in the first half. Or, their, well, their lone touchdown, really. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, once again, though, like it's a guy getting his first start. I mean, you know, mistakes are going to happen. But uh, – uh, I mean, he played extremely well. Uh, Frederick Chagnon played fantastic as well. Like, like a lot of these guys on defense, basically filling in for a lot of the guys that we were mentioned earlier that are on the uh, the injury list. Like, like this is your time. This is where you step up and you you show that you belong on this team, that you belong in the conversation. And a lot of these guys, really truly on this defense, just did outstanding work. Uh, Got to give a lot of credit to the guys that I mentioned, along with uh, Reggie Stubblefield. Uh, just getting in there and making plays happen. And that's really what it comes down to is just being able to adjust. And that's exactly the thing this defense, well, the entire team really adjusted very nicely in the second half, but this defense for the most part stayed the course, kept Hamilton, thankfully just only scoring 11 points because even when they got, they were threatening. It was once again, bend, but don't break with this defense. I I think they definitely put a lot of pressure on Powell, definitely forced him to make a, a few of his kind of hurried his throws a little bit. But there, it, it, that that first half of football, with with all the the lack of offense and the questionable special team stuff, uh, poor Chandler Worthy. I mean, the, uh, Mark Leggio had missed a field goal, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Chandler just couldn't get out of the end zone, so he ended up having to concede a point. I think he slid, he slipped too, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know what's going on with the field at Tim Hortons, but uh, uh, heard you. As I said, uh, he he slipped. Causing an INT, uh, Chandler slipped in the end zone, uh, had no choice but to concede the the single point. It was just weird. It was just like uh, anything that could go wrong for the Montreal Alouettes did go wrong in that first half. No, I, I completely agree with you. But, you know, it, it's like the week prior and they were able to make the changes. And uh, they, yeah, again, what again, what really is the big standout number is 18. And uh, as I mentioned before, you know, outscored. It's been a while since the Alouettes have had a a, a a quarter that big. I think it goes back to the uh, the miracle on Mount Royal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. You know, versus Winnipeg, where they came back to win. So, uh, you know, they they did what they needed to do, dude. I mean, and and it's bo- it looking well. But but before we get to the act, talk about the actual stats itself. Looking what happened, we finally saw where it occurred where Cody Fajardo was hurt. I, again, I keep I yeah I can I can say I guess I can say that. Um, I mean obviously because he was and ended up holding. It, I wasn't sure, dude, if it was a if it was a peck. I didn't know if it was a, an oblique. I didn't know if it was his collarbone. I think if it was his collarbone, he would have come out. But the way he kept on holding it. Obviously, it was it was noticeable by everybody. You know, uh, you know, all Alouettes fans, especially and everybody was watching the game on television. So, yeah, you saw a lot of discomfort on his face. Yeah. I, I don't know. If, so I'm sure if you ask him, he's not hurt. That's that's just the kind of warrior mentality that he seems to have. Is like 
I'm not hurt. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. And, but you can see that he was, I won't say wincing necessarily, but you can definitely see that he was not hundred percent. He was uncomfortable. I think that would be the best way to like discomfort, uncomfort, like uh, Mm -hmm. however you want to phrase it. Mm -hmm. Like that's really what it looked like on like, and you can see him favoring that non-throwing shoulder as well. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. But he gutted it out, man. I mean, that's the plus too. I mean, it's funny to say, you know, uh, that it was his non-throwing shoulder. You know, that that's that. that bodes well with him being able, if they're able to do something, it bodes well for him having the highest probability of playing this week, even though again, he you know, today is at practice, he did do he was practicing with the ones, but you know, our other two quarterbacks, Caleb Evans and Davis Alexander, were also practicing. So obviously stay tuned to social media for the release of the depth chart to see how, what, what Cody is going to be listed as. Um, but well, say, as, as of, as of, as of now, as was what we're recording, we're being told that he is a game time decision. So mm-hmm. it's very possible we could see him on the chart, but, and again, all could happen in the next 24 hours folks. But, uh, I mean, as, as it stands right now, the, the belief is Cody Fajardo is going to play against uh, his former team. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders this Friday, but, but as we all know, things can change. Uh, I mean, he could go through warm-ups, and we could see another Seattle Evans situation where mm-hmm. something happens, and he's just not—he he just can't go. And if that's the case, then that's once again, this is where the next man up mentality comes in. This is where we say, okay, Caleb Evans, Davis Alexander, this is your time to shine. And I have no doubt in my mind that those guys will step up to the plate if needed. But uh, I mean, if if Cody can play, and I, you got to know he wants to play. This of all the games to play this year, this is a game he's going to want to play. I don't think he's motivated necessarily by revenge at this point. I think he's pretty much in a good spot and in a good place as far as his feelings towards the, his former team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But I still think there's a little part of him that wants to play this game just to rem- just to give him a little reminder of what they had and where he's at now. So once again, game time decision. We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens, but. If Jason Moss is saying, if I'm a betting man, I would say that Cody's going to play. Well, then as far as I'm concerned, expect to see number seven under center this this coming Friday. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Now, the one I think one to me one of the surprising ones though is William Stamick. I mean, he, he's coming off of a great game. I mean, you know, first uh, first 100 yard game uh, since 2021. Um, Running with purpose. Yeah, it, it. But you know, he's listed currently as questionable. Um, I mean, he had 19 rushes, the 106 yards. Um, it's very possible. Again, this is us speculating that if the, he if he if he is listed as questionable, uh, it is very possible that there's going to be some some slight modifications, and uh, William Fletcher, uh, sorry, Walter Fletcher, may be activated for the game. But again, wait till it comes out. This is just all speculation on our part. So. Um, and it, again, I'll, that's the thing. In, until we see that depth chart, I mean, I think that's going to tell the tale. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And maybe, just maybe, if Stanback's not feeling 100%, why put him out there against uh, a team that could at this point just be wanting to, you know, mess things up and try to cause injury to a, a guy like a, a William Stanback? So mm-hmm. at that point, you're, you're probably better off just. Putting Fletcher, putting Antwi in as your your one two running back combo, and 
you know, you know those two guys will tear it up. Like, okay. You know that they can they can perform it when called upon. So exactly. it may not be a bad thing necessarily to let Stanbeck maybe take that rest if needed and make sure that, again, the Elwets are going to need this guy in October, November. Exactly. As far as I'm concerned, let's not do anything stupid and let's not put him at risk unnecessarily. Exactly. Now, obviously, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but let's look at how how these guys did this past week, hey, Cliff? I mean, for Jarda, we are just talking about him before. 19 to 25, you know, the past couple of weeks, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't put up the numbers that we felt that he's been, uh, that he has, that we've known him to do as of late. He went off, man. I mean, 19 to 25, 318 yards. Yes, the two picks, but he also had the, the one touchdown. Um, and that was the touchdown to a uh, by the beautiful, beautiful touchdown to Regis Sebasu for his first ever CFL touchdown. Um, Absolutely amazing. And uh, like, where was the coverage? Like, the, like there was blown assignments mm-hmm. all over the place for mm-hmm. Hamilton. Like that, like how, how, how could you leave? I guess they really didn't know anything about Regis Sebasu because he was on an Island and, and Cody just, you know, smoked him out and just, there was nothing but green grass in front of Steve Sue and the props to him, man. Like, like this is a guy that played outstanding football in his uh, university years for the university of Montreal, uh, finally getting his first CFL tutty. Like that, that's gotta be amazing. That's gotta be a great feeling for him. So I'm, I couldn't be happier for him. He's definitely one of those glue guys, like those lunch pail, you know, blue collar types that just comes to work and does his job every day and finally get for him to get a chance to get, to get his first CFL touchdown. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. Yeah, as you mentioned, William Stanbeck, 19, 19 attempts uh, for 106 yards, a good average cliff of uh, 5.6, and also uh, had a long one of 22 yards. I think we're all, I mean, that was like one of those, you know, I cannot do a John Madden very well, um, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, wide receiver wise, I mean, besides. Um, Sebasu's 37 yarders. We had Courtney Davis with a 43 yarder. We had Austin Mack, his long was 58. You know, we had Tyler Sneed with a 53. You know, the Mack and the Sneed ones came in the first half. I think that those were led by the then the the, uh, the interceptions. But the the Davis one, what was? I, I'm I'm loving stuff every week with the with what they're coming up with to get the to get these guys the ball. And even though people may be centering specifically on Austin Mack, who did has still a five receptions for 106 yards, you still have these guys who are able to make make these uh, make these long plays. Hundred percent. And my goodness, that Courtney did like the flea. I'm a sucker for a good flea flicker. Yeah. And, when you when you pull it off, it's a thing of beauty. And sure enough, like Cody just heaved it downfield, and Courtney Davis caught it in traffic, no less. Absolutely outstanding. Had to come like, back was, for it. Yeah, had to come back for it. Yep, yep, yep. And my, my goodness, <laughs> like that was, as far as I was concerned, that was the TSN turning point for for the Alouettes. Was once that happened, okay, you know, you know that good things are going to happen. And sure enough, that was in the fourth quarter, where pretty much. The Elwitz could do no wrong, essentially. That's that's it was absolutely incredible. And again, I understand why people are concerned, especially with the injury to Keon Julian Grant, uh, who's arguably one of the Elwitz top receivers, but you still got Austin Mack, you got Tyler Sneed, who is just so sneaky good. Courtney Davis, as I said, making these ridiculous catches out of nowhere. Uh, and oh, by the way, Tyson Philpot, he's he, he's he, he's Still, I, I find he's still trying to get that rhythm mm-hmm. with Cody. Mm-hmm. 
but once he does, you know he's going to go off. And, I mean, he's going to be that threat once again. And I can't wait because you take a look at the, the, the receivers in this lineup and there, there's some honest-to-goodness talent here. And I, I will always go back and just chuckle at how everybody was just thinking the doom and gloom because – you know, the Alouettes lost Jake Winicky and the Alouettes lost Eugene Lewis. But look who look who the Alouettes have now. Look who who's catching the ball from Cody Fajardo. There's honest to goodness talent here and they're just going to get better. And that's the thing is people are going to are starting to slowly realize, oh, these Alouettes really have some good pass catchers. I'm not going to call them the Canadian Air Force or anything like that or, or suggest that they're the best receiving core in the CFL. But. These are some guys that will definitely make a lot of noise and have been making noise over the past couple of weeks. No, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's people that are able to step up. Again, we, we all remember what was said at the beginning of the year. You know, look at us now. Look at us now. I mean, I think the guys, I think we are hearing constantly from the players. They don't know what we have. And that's 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 really what it's been. Um, Sneed, uh, 90 yards. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, they, they've got to be thrilled at this. And it's not like they didn't know. Like, as you said, they told us, like, this is the, this is a cohesive room. This is These are some talented guys. These are guys that are going to make a lot of noise this year. And there, there's absolutely no doubt. Like, we, we saw the work that was put in, and we knew it, it was just going to be a matter of time that mm-hmm. everyone else is going to learn about this. And I think now everybody's taking a look, like, okay, all right, the, these Alouettes are no joke. This is a team that is, as far as I'm concerned, in the up, upper echelon. Like I, I know they, they're talking about there being three tiers in the Canadian Football League as far as you've got, I think it's the, the Argos and the Blue Bombers and the BC Lions and one tier. Yeah. Like the top tier. Uh, unfortunately, you've got the Edmonton Elks in the bottom tier and then everybody else in the middle. I'll tell you what, I mean, Montreal is very close to cracking that top tier. I mean, just with the way they've been playing as of late, if it keeps up and they keep turning in like these these kinds of performances, they could very well be in that top tier conversation soon. And no one should be surprised. They will be. But you and you and I, Tim, we 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 saw this happening in training camp. We mm-hmm. saw all the work that was being done in training camp. And I mean, it, it really just feels like it's just a matter of when, not if. Yalowitz take that next step and become one of those top tier teams. Yep. Uh, as I mentioned before, Austin Mack, five receptions, 106 yards. And by the way, speaking of Austin Mack, real here, uh, real quick uh, here, Cliff, um, he's he's leading the CFL with uh, receiving yards uh, per game per game at 85.9. He's also on a pace for 1,545 yards, which would surpass the CFL record for first year players. That was set way back in 1991 by Matt Clark. So, I, mean, I think he leads the league in uh, getting in Tiger Cat's heads because did you see that absolutely incredible penalty that he drew mm-hmm. in the end zone? Mm-hmm. That's the second time, and at Tim Hortons Field, no less, where he's been involved in a play where it was just an absolute breakdown of of the Tiger Cat's defense, and absolutely incredible. Like the, the, this guy is 100 percent the real deal. Yep. Um, uh, Tyler Sneed, four receptions for 90 yards. Uh, Courtney Davis, three receptions for 55. Uh, Regis CBC, as you mentioned, uh, one reception for 37. Well worth that one reception, I can tell you. I'm sure he's going to remember that for a long, long time. 
Um, for Ty- one, and uh, yep. Yeah, Tyson Philpott, four for 26, so he finally got on the board. Uh, Antwi had five yards. Uh, did I forget anybody? Obviously, Hergie did not get one, but he had two targets. But again, yeah, what? Uh, Hergie, according Virginia. to... According to, yeah. according to official stats, it says he doesn't. He didn't get a catch. I'm looking at the CFL site, and it's telling me he's got a catch. Interesting. He had two targets, one catch. Interesting. Well, <laughs> well, but Either mind way. you, though, this is the, this is the CFL.ca, and right now their reputation is pretty shaky when it comes to stats. So maybe, maybe. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. Okay, I, I know we're I know we're doing the pod just real quick. How many yards did they say Fajardo had? Because obviously, if the stats show three eighteen, yeah, like, three eighteen. That's so weird. Math, people. Yeah. It's all about math. Math is hard. Math, <laughs> yeah, math is hard. Um, Thoughts though, dude. Th- thoughts on the offense, but you know, let's talk about the defense too, man. What are your thoughts on this defense? Because again, as you mentioned before, we have so many guys that are currently on the sixth game, uh, big, big names, but yet again, they pull off that scoreless fourth quarter and just, you know, just uh, they were, they were really, con- you know, Tiger Cats were at their will in that fourth quarter. I, that fourth quarter, it felt like Montreal could do no wrong, and unfortunately, Hamilton could do no right. I mean, they essentially squandered an 11-point lead, and yeah, uh, this this defense, though, uh, they make such great adjustments. They they put on a ton of pressure. Uh, they definitely had to make Taylor Powell work hard to get any, get any sort of yardage, uh, but I mean, it's unbelievable. Just Watching Sean Lemon play, I, I understand why people are, are so pissed off about how was this guy not on a CFL team already? Mm-hmm. How, how? How? But it was obviously like he he was destined to come to Montreal. He was destined to come and be a part of this defensive line. Uh, Jamal Davis, Armando Sewell, Lowell Ugalak, Mustafa Johnson, like these guys, he is bringing these guys up. And everybody is playing at such an intense level because you want to play at an intense level with Sean Lemon. Uh, my God, two quarterback sacks, a forced fumble, uh, a pick even. Like, like you talk about the juice being worth the squeeze when it comes to Sean Lemon, 100%. The, this guy was definitely well worth the acquisition. Uh, outstanding, simply outstanding. And he was actually voted by the LOS as the player of the game. And... Yeah absolutely worth it like this this was out, such an outstanding pickup uh, i'm so i'm so thankful we have this guy on our team because he just makes this defense better and the guys that had to step up uh, for the injured players did outstanding work i talked about jr reed uh, reggie stubblefield uh uh frederick chagnon these guys just played like their hair was on fire and you know it wasn't perfect i mean there was a couple penalties here and there a couple things didn't quite go their way but I, I mean, like this defense. I mean, I, I know for weeks I've been saying you got to go get Patrick Levels, and I, I, I still would not be mad if the Alouettes do end up going out and getting him. But the guys that have stepped up have stepped up in a big way to the point where I'm saying, well, maybe we don't need a Patrick Levels now. <laughs> I mean, I, it would now be more. It's more of a nice to have as far as depth goes. But these guys, 
these guys that are coming out of nowhere and they're just making plays happen. Like they are taking full advantage of their opportunity. Their number has been called and they are making the most of it. And that's all you want as a, as a fan of this team, as a supporter of this team, that's what you want to see. You want to see that the depth moves that your general manager is making are paying off. And I, I really feel we are. And that's the thing. Like when these guys, these the guys that are on the injured list come back from the, their injuries and can add to this as well. That's amazing. I mean, I, to be able to stay the course and, and flourish. That's the other thing too, is these guys are coming in and making the most of their opportunity. And we, we may have ended up at a point. It's like, well, okay. How do you tell these guys to sit down because the veterans are back when they're playing so well, I mean, that that's going to be a tough problem to have in the, the, the next few weeks as, as the season progresses. But to, to see this kind of defensive output, I mean, this, this is just, just absolutely fantastic. I mean, this is, this is what you want to see. Like this, this defense has really been proving a lot of people wrong. And I know Noel Thorpe's got his naysayers. Uh, he's got his haters and I, I get that. But when you find guys that want to play for their coach, like these guys do, it, it's a thing of beauty. And you got to give full marks to Coach Thorpe for being able to get the most out of these guys. I, I know he, he's got a bit of a reputation of being hard on players, but pressure creates diamonds. And I think that's what it is, is he knows he's got some guys that have absolute talent, uh, you know, like like the KB Nentos, the uh, uh, Bryce Notries, Reggie Stubblefield. Like these guys are young, ready to perform, ready to go. And just needed the opportunity. And that's exactly what Noel Thorpe is giving these guys, especially with the injuries to some of the more established players on this defense. And it it really doesn't feel like you don't feel like, oh my God, we're we're in trouble because we're missing this guy, we're missing that guy. It's like, okay, kid, let's see what you got. And sure enough, holy crap, these guys are making plays left, right, and center. And it is it does my heart good. It is so good to see that. Uh just wish the offense would play four quarters instead of two but i mean if you're gonna play outstanding football i guess save it for the fourth quarter knowing full well you're gonna win i guess you could do it that way I mean, it's a little 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 rough on the old ticker but you know what <laughs> that's what the cfl is all about right entertainment you know, exciting football all that jazz you know whatever cliches you want to use that's really what it comes down to but yeah this this win was big it had major has major implications that you may not see right away, but come October, November, these wins against like winning the season series against Hamilton could have major, major implications. So oh, for sure. this was a, a this was a win that the Alouettes absolutely needed to have. And as I mentioned on Flight Deck Live, the Alouettes in 2023 are two and zero at Tim Hortons Field. Could they go three and zero? There actually is a possibility of that, folks. And I think you know what that means. If if they're playing a third game at Tim Hortons Field, that means they're playing football in late November, and they're playing for a certain cup of a certain color, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Lemon, man, uh, made himself known in the first quarter uh, with a sack and a fumble. Another quarterback sack also. By the way, you were talking about him before, about guys who, who, who have stood up and who have really impressed us as of the last couple of games. What was the Who's the one guy that we did not hear at all about this week, did not show up on the stats in any way, shape, or form, but KB Nento? Yeah. At all. But you know what? Didn't cause any problems, didn't make any mistakes, didn't do any... Like, he... I, I think... I, I don't think... 
Hamilton was necessarily going to try him like uh, what Calgary did and failed miserably at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But to me, it just feels like, okay, if we don't hear your name, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, he could just be, he's doing his job. And obviously, I, I don't think he got a whole lot of looks his way as far as uh, Taylor Powell trying to connect with uh, whoever Ento was defending. But, uh, you know, it's just, I guess it was just one of those things where sometimes no news is good news. Like, if we don't hear Ento's name too often, he's just, doing his job, which, again, you can't ask for more than that. I mean, yeah, would it be nice if he could get another pick six? Absolutely. If he could make a couple other outstanding plays, sure, that'd be great. But uh, this is where, like, the other guy, like, the, guy, the guys I just mentioned, like, those guys, they're the ones that stepped up and made their names heard. So th- that's that's what's incredible about this team is there's a lot of guys that you don't, you may not know their names right off the bat, folks, but you wait. You're going to learn because these guys are – proving that they belong on this team. They're proving they belong to be in this conversation. And they're here to play football, folks, and play football at a very high level and at a winning level. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts before we move on, Cliff? Uh, obviously, as you said, uh, winning the season series in Hamilton uh, versus Hamilton is huge. Because um, it gives us, you know, gives us the, a, a, a leg up uh, in the Eastern Division standings, obviously. Um you know, again, uh, let's not forget too that the the Alouettes were the only Eastern team to win this past weekend. Uh, Calgary, or uh, yeah, Calgary handed uh, the Argos their first loss of the mm-hmm. season, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had to scratch and claw and fight their way to do it, but they squeaked past the Ottawa Red Blacks. So now the Alouettes are firmly in second place with a winning record, no less. Uh, not really able to make up a whole lot of ground on Toronto, but hey, they I mean, made up a game. It's all that matters. It is the game. And we got Toronto again this year, so that's all that matters. That's so, it. So, uh, yeah. You know, well, like this, it's, it still bodes well. It's it's maintaining that good momentum. It started against Calgary, continued against Hamilton, and hopefully will continue against Saskatchewan as well this coming Friday. Exactly. So I was able to see a couple of, a couple of things interest me this week. You know, it's something that I've been trying to look for for quite a while, Cliff. I just want to at least mention it out to those uh, those fans who are really curious or, or may have not seen it as of yet. Um, you know, everybody may have seen my tweet on Twitter specifically about uh, the the potential of the uh, new era contract ending. Uh, it's not really what I want to talk about is that itself, but is how I got that information. Finally, Cliff, finally. If anybody's really interested in this type of thing, which I know quite a few of you are, the uh, the full uh, signed, so it's official, CBA is currently available online. And uh, thanks to the guys over at CFL, CFLDB, uh, you heard me right, CFLDB.ca, uh, you can head over there. Uh, great resource for CFL uh, historical info from all teams uh, from across the league. So, but they have it there, and it's available to download. It, it, it's, I, I mean, I know you, I don't think you're you're not into the CBA stuff as much as I am, Cliff. But I, I will admit, you know, it, the thing does have quite a few uh, interesting nuggets, doesn't it? Well, and. To me, it's, it, you, it, it almost sounds like you found a unicorn or uh, you know, a four-leaf clover as far as we, we keep hearing about this CBA being signed and ready to go and, and, and that. But 
no one for the longest time nobody could find it, but you you stumbled upon it, or at least the the fine folks over at CFLDB stumbled upon it and made it available for public consumption, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, I'm sure that a lot of fans want to know. You you heard a lot about the details uh, like throughout the the CBA negotiations last season and even into this season as far as the whole designated American or naturalized you know American like you know how all, all that affects things because that was a big part of the CBA it, being included in the CBA last year. Yep, and I'm sure a lot of folks have questions about it. So you know. Like it's it's one thing to hear things from like the usual talking heads, and you know they they'll go over certain points and try to explain them as best they can. But sometimes you're you're better. I hate to say it like this, but do your own research. So find the you know, you know now you can find the CBA in its entirety on on the CFLDB website. And, and they're great. Check it out. Yeah, they're a great treasure trove. I've used them before for some historical and research and stuff like that for the Alouette stuff for that that I have. What a hell of a resource! And what was the thing you were, you were telling me, Cliff? Before we, I know we were talking about salaries and stuff like that. What was that one point that you mentioned to me about when it came to uh, the the salary cap floor versus the the the, the top of the uh, of the salary cap levels? What was that you were telling me? Yeah, just teams have to spend a certain amount to hit the floor, so to speak. I mean, that's pretty much normal in a collective bargaining agreement where there's a salary cap involved. Uh, I believe the, the I believe the CFL salary cap per team is 5.1 million, and I believe you had actually found this that the the teams have to spend up to I think it's 480 or 4.85 million. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. 4.5 million. I think it was 600,000. I think the the floor is 600,000 less than what the salary cap is. Right. But but, but, there, have to, but there's still a ton of breakdown. I mean, it's again, it's a treasure trove of information for those of you who, who like that type of stuff. So it's, you know, again, I'm glad I found it. And again, shout out to CFLDB. The, the guys are, you know, they a, a ton of stuff that you can, you currently can't find on the CFL website, <laughs> which is disappointing to say the least. Because at least, thank, God, thank thank goodness these guys at least have stuff archived as much as they can. But I mean, like the. Don't Again, me, this yeah, this is this this really is like the unfortunately the story of the year when it comes to like just the glaring lack of stats and, don't and now me, yeah, don't get me the started. glaring lack of oh, I'll get you started I'll, I'll get you started the, the lack of transactions oh god up, that's like, three weeks three weeks out updated. of date yeah I, I I mean it's almost like the CFL is just truly thumbing their nose at their their the fans or anybody who wants to learn any sort of data. It's like f you, you know, you know. But hey, watch these games because they're exciting and fun. You know, like no lead is safe. Blah blah blah. You know, like it's it's bread and circuses really to hide from the fact that, yeah, they they, they don't have any proper stats and uh, you know getting information is like pulling teeth and so on and so forth. But hey, look at these guys throwing touchdowns. Woohoo! You know, it mm-hmm. reminds me of that Simpsons episode with Mark McGuire. It's like, do you want to know the awful truth? Or do you want to see me hit a few dingers? Yes, of course. Everybody wants <laughs> that, dingers. That was great. <laughs> dingers. Yes. Um, a couple. I think it was a couple of weeks ago that I, I actually posted something also on social media. Same thing on Twitter. Um, I don't know if anybody else had noticed it. I, I don't think you had Cliff until I pointed it out to you. And correct me if I'm wrong. But it, you know, a couple of weeks ago in one of the post game interviews, specifically where it was noticed, was that Coach Moss was wearing a an unknown logo patch on his 
on his uh, team-issued uh, cap. And then this past week, not only was there one on the cap, but there was also one on his hoodie. And, you know, I'm the type of guy, and I'm sure there are many of you out there, too, where it was like, well, what is this? What does this mean? You know, it's it's really the first one that I think that we have kind of seen for the Alouettes. I don't know if any other teams have done this type of thing or any other coaching staffs have done this type of thing, Cliff. But, you know, we were able to, to find out, and thank you to David Deschamps to, on the, uh, the equipment manager for the Alouettes who was able to shed a little bit of light on this. Um, and thanks to the others, other people who reached back out to me also to give me a little bit more information too. Um, we were able to find out, Cliff, that that Coach Moss himself has create had a logo created for the team that encompassed everything that they that all the uh, you know the, the the different team mottos and and different things that the team what the team represents and it's a unique look. And again, Cliff, do you first did you did you see that before I mentioned it to you and and. Have you ever seen it being done elsewhere, whether it be the CFL or, or any other league? I mean, when you you talk about like, like patches, usually it's like more of a tribute to someone who passed away, or like an alternative logo or something like that. Like something that's kind of there, but you don't really notice it off. Like you notice it because it's kind of stands out a little bit, but it, you don't necessarily know the meaning behind it. Uh, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think I've ever seen anything similar to this. Uh, anywhere else in the Canadian Football League, I'm, I'm sure there there might have been, and just maybe just didn't get quite the publicity that we're currently giving this particular mm-hmm. logo. Uh, I mean, it's it, it was definitely interesting because yeah, you couldn't help like you you would even notice it like the last time uh, we saw Coach Moss after the I think it was after the Calgary game, you noticed that there was a logo on his hat. And you're mm-hmm. like, what's that about? And then you know you you just kept you know digging and trying to find out more more details on it. So. Yeah, props to uh, David Deschamps for, as you said, shedding some light on it, uh, letting us see this logo. And folks, we'll we'll, we'll tweet it out on our uh, on our Twitter account. I'll say Twitter X, whatever <laughs> account. Uh, it's really interesting because it's in the shape of uh, an airplane, kind of yep. like the Alouettes, the four twenty five squadron, mm-hmm. and also to four twenty five is featured on this logo, as well as all the dates of the Alouettes seven Grey Cup victories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's GR8, which I guess great. And of course, the Alouettes are aiming for their eighth Grey Cup championship. So there's probably a, a bit of a hidden meeting there. Uh, you also see a clock with three minutes on it, which, of course, the last three minutes of a football game are the most important and arguably the most exciting of any CFL game. Uh, there's also ATE, which I can only assume stands for a team effort. So I mean, there's there's lots of little hidden like meanings and yep. Easter eggs, if you will, yep. to this. All, and all the great cups are listed there that we've won, and there is a it looks to be a keyhole in the center. Yep. So what we're hoping to do, and yes, we'll send it out on our on our on our socials or, or on mine, and then we'll retweet it or whatnot. But um, we're going to try to speak with Coach Moss to see if we and, and there's this one specifically that we, you and I have no clue what it is. At all, yeah. but we're going to try to get uh, Coach Moss to shed a little bit of light on this to get a little bit of explanation. Uh, we're hoping it will be, we're hoping it'll be in some sort of audio or video form if we can. If not, we'll try to we'll we'll do one of those nice graphics. 
you know, what they usually do when a team announces something where they teams happen to make things up just to represent whatever the hell is on their current logo that they've, that they've released. But we'll try to get mm-hmm. the explanation behind everything that's, that's listed there. I mean, there, there are three infinity symbols on there. Did you notice that cliff? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. And, and again, watch television. Yeah. Again, lots of, as I, as I call them Easter eggs, yeah, like yeah, lots of sure. little things that like you can sort of guess and, and, and assume what certain things are, but maybe there's a different meaning altogether. So yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to, you know, yeah, we'll be happy to try and speak with coach Moss, see if we can uh, shed some light on this for you folks. And, you know, at least get maybe a little bit more of the mindset of maybe this is truly a team thing, something that they're doing for themselves. And if if he's willing to share with him, with us what uh, what it's all about, we'll be happy to report back to all of you listening. And by all means, as I said, we'll, we'll we'll tweet it out. We'll 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 show you what this is. And if you folks have any suggestions or comments or what you think it could be as well, by all means, hit us up on our socials, uh, comment on YouTube as well. Let us know what you think these hidden meaning potentially hidden meetings could be and uh hopefully between uh, now and the time we have a chance to talk to coach moss we'll hopefully get some answers for you folks yeah for sure um al's come into this game on friday uh you know potentially it'll be cody fajardo's first game versus the uh, versus his old team the saskatchewan rough riders uh, al's come in currently uh as per DraftKings. As a as a five point favorite with an over under of forty four and a half points, it's funny we go into this game with not as many unknowns and question marks when it comes to players because that's already been listed. You know, we already know some players who are not going to be playing, but so, some are still considered questionable. What are your thoughts about the about coming into this game? I mean, uh, you know, there have been some great games between these two teams in the past. They really have. I mean, it's we go from the, the two back-to-back great cups. We go from the from the what I am still calling the infamous asterisk game. Um, you know, the the, the weather shortened game. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts about this matchup between the the Owls and the and the Rough Riders? It's always so much fun when these two teams take out take on each other, whether it's here at Percival Molson Stadium or out at uh, in in Regina over at uh, Mosaic Stadium it's always a fun matchup like this is a great rivalry this is a, these are two teams I, I won't call it a hated rivalry like these are two teams that have gone to war they've they've battled for great cups and yes Montreal is currently winning that battle two games to none two great cups to none but I, I mean these two teams seem to bring out the best in each other and it's going to be interesting because I thought this was going to be the return of Trevor Harris this year because don't forget Trevor Harris, Jake Winicky, Shea Patterson, they were all on the Alouettes last year. Now they're, or, or no, sorry, Shea Patterson was 2021, but still a former Alouette. Uh, now these guys are Jake wearing Winnicky, uh, the green. Jake the, Winnicky. I said Jake Winnicky. Yep. But these guys are now wearing green and white and mm-hmm. making their return back to Montreal. Uh, so unfortunately, Trevor Harris is not going to, I, I doubt he'll make the trip but uh he, he definitely won't be on the field he, it'll be mason fine at quarterback for the uh, for the riders uh jake winicky though he's kind of gotten off to a slow start but seems to have uh, found his form a little bit uh, in uh, in saskatchewan so you got to believe that he's going to want to come and show you know kind of like cody fajardo is going to he's probably not obsessing about this game he probably didn't have it circled on his calendar necessarily but 
I'm sure there's a little part of him that's going to be like, well, y'all could have had me if you had ponied up the dough, but you didn't. So, you know, he's going to, he's going to want to show up and show out. Uh, Jake is, uh, Still haven't seen TD Jake yet this year. Uh, we've seen first down Jake, which we were seeing also too towards the end of uh, last season. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cody Fajardo, as I've said, I think he's in a really good place right now uh, as a as, as the leader of this uh, Alouettes team. I don't think he's going to have necessarily revenge on his mind, but I do think there's a little part of him that is going to want to play and play extremely well. If only just as a, a, a slight reminder, like, hey, you know, I wasn't necessarily the problem. Like last year was not great for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Jason Moss was the offensive coordinator for the Riders. Cody Fajardo was the starting quarterback, and things were not great. They, they, they unfortunately were not, and things are still not great in Saskatchewan. Uh, they started pretty decent, but then kind of lost their way. They finally got off. They, they finally broke a three-game win, a losing streak of their own, but they had to fight like hell just to beat Ottawa. I mean, it was. Uh, that was a real back and forth battle, and I'm sure took a lot out of them as well. Uh, but I still think, uh, even even on a short week, I, I still think Saskatchewan's going to come in here. They're going to be motivated. They're going to want to try and test themselves against this LOS defense. And I won't say this is necessarily a, a must-win game for Saskatchewan, but a, a win they they feel they're going to have to have. And if if only to show that you know. Yeah, we, we did the right thing by moving on from Cody Fajardo and letting Jason Moss walk. Like that, to me, I, I think that's going to be a, a motivating factor for both sides. Like, mm-hmm. you you'll you'll never hear them say like you know they want to one side's going to want to beat the other one badly. But I think I think they're kind of they're going to be excited to play this game. I think they're going to be really excited to show, you know, like both teams for the most part have moved on from their former scenarios, but. Uh, I still think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting, fun game to watch. Um, I know everybody seems to be favoring Montreal, and that kind of worries me because I like it better when teams are sleeping on the Alouettes as opposed to favoring them. So I I, I, I hope that doesn't come back to bite Montreal in the ass later on. But uh, the way Montreal's playing, I mean, I I definitely think they'll definitely give a good fight to the Riders. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup to watch. Uh, to me, I, I, I just want to see this defense keep doing what they're doing because they've been making life miserable for opposing teams. I'd like to see that continue, if only to prove that this truly is one of the premier defensive units in the Canadian Football League. Uh, Cody, I want to see him, if he plays, I want to see him go off. I want to see him have a great game. Uh, if he doesn't, then that's just going to be the opportunity that Caleb Evans or Dave, and or Davis Alexander need to show what they can do for this team. Uh, we saw what they did in preseason. We, we know that these guys can play football. Uh, it's just simply a matter of when they're going to get their opportunity. And it could very well be this coming Friday if Cody's not ready to go. Uh, truthfully, I, I, I want to see how this attack. I, I, wanna, I don't want to see. I don't, would prefer not to have a repeat performance of that first half against Hamilton. I want to see Montreal set the tone early and often and just keep doing what they do best. Like they know they can make plays happen, they know that they can stretch the field. It's just a matter of taking advantage of the opportunity to do so. But Saskatchewan's not going to roll over and die. That that that's the simple matter of it. Like they need to stay competitive. They need to they're in that middle tier that yeah. I talked about earlier. Yeah. And they want to prove that they can stay in that tier and not go down and be with the Edmontons and well, to a lesser extent the Calgary's of this league. They want to prove that they can be, you know, in that middle tier in a safe place in that middle tier. So 
I, I, I always say the games when Cal or when Saskatchewan comes to Montreal, these games are always fun. They're always interesting, never boring. And truthfully, I expect that to continue this coming Friday. I, I expect both teams are going to come in, play hard, and it's going to be entertaining as hell. That's and that's all you really want is you just want to see a good, entertaining game. But I think Montreal. They've got the good momentum right now. They, they beat Calgary. They beat Hamilton. If they can beat Saskatchewan, I mean, that's just going to keep going. They'll, they'll be still undefeated in the month of August, which mm-hmm. would be fantastic, and keeping that going because, you know, they got a couple of, a couple of big games coming up uh, this, later this month against Winnipeg, Ottawa, and BC in er, very early September. So it, it, it truly is just maintaining that momentum right now and showing that you can hang and you can be one of these top-tier teams in this league. It's just... You just got to go out there and let everybody keep sleeping, if that's the case. But I think people are going to start waking up very soon, Tim. I think people are starting to realize, hey, this this Elowitz team is for real. These these guys know what they're doing. It, it may not be pretty at times, but they find ways to win. And that's what winners do, is winners find a way to win. And the Elowitz have been proving, at least the past couple of games anyways, that they can find ways to win. And simply put, they're just going to have to find a way to win against Saskatchewan and just keep that good momentum going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Owls have won the last six of, uh, excuse me, last six of ten. Uh, that uh, and that those four wins, obviously, by Saskatchewan has a little asterisk by it. Um, <laughs> no, I can't get over it, Cliff. Uh, <laughs> or should you? But then again, if you ever want to really trigger a Riders fan, all you have to say is two thousand nine. Thirteenth mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. I know, and and I, I think they have probably a w- much worse reaction than if I say asterisk game to you. I mean, yeah, you you, you get a little, and I don't blame you. I I too get like, I can't believe that how that happened. But that's what that's I think that's what makes this such a great rivalry is there are games where you're like, that was amazing, and then there is times where you're looking at like. That was not amazing, and you yeah. just yes, yeah, one of those. You you, you 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 take the good with the bad, I suppose. But I mean, that's just what makes this such a fun fun rivalry to watch. Yeah, I it's fun to have some of those, you know, to have those come on man games. But I mean, it's as you said, uh, take the good, take the bad, facts of life. Um, facts of life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any last thing before we go, buddy? I mean, it's a. Uh, if you haven't heard already, if you're listening to this now, we are going to be announcing the the winner of the Sport Bluff Flight Crew seats. Uh, it was done a little bit later this week than we expected, but uh, as as we are talking, the contest is about to end. Um, but do stay tuned for the next home game where we will be giving away again a pair of tickets to see the Alouettes play at home. So stay tuned for all of our socials to see that information. Um, don't forget, it's uh, if if that interests you, it's country night at uh, Purcell Molson on Friday. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it's so funny. I I don't consider Montreal a country place at all, even though we've got this lasso festival that happens that features a whole bunch of country stars. But did you just uh, put stars in quotation marks? Just by the way you said it, it was like <laughs> it was like you were giving the air quotes. Because I, I, I looked at the – again, great example would be this Lasso Festival, which, okay, I, no doubt there are people here in Montreal that enjoy country music. And if you do, more power to you. It's not my thing, really, other than Country Roads by John Denver, which, by the way, we have not heard in a while 
Russell Wilson, uh, you know, DJ Wordy Word, and uh, whoever I, else that's in charge of music there. Dude, for just, me, for me to have to send you, send you a tweet to say that I heard it on Sirius XM before the game. It was, it was again, it was a sign. It was a sign. So 100%. yes, I agree with you. Come on, Al's. It is. It's not as much as we haven't. You know, they don't play U two anymore. That used to be a staple. You know, but country roads now, I, I, you know, fourth quarter, five minutes left, whatever. Come on. It's all about victory formation. It's all about the guys. It's the camaraderie. It's the camaraderie about having everybody in the stands at Percival Molson sing the song. That's what it's about. The home home opener. As the elements are going into victory formation. And they, they cut it off at the right, the music off at the right time. That was a moment in time, and you could have that moment anytime you want, really, as as long as the Alouettes are about to kneel down and and get the W. You could be doing that like that. That should be automatic. And if during Country Night of all freaking nights you don't play <laughs> Country Roads, we riot. I'll, yeah. I'll say we're, we're, we will, we will not be impressed. I can tell you that right now, and yeah. I, we will call your ass out because. Yeah. If there is no other game that you're going to play Country Roads by Don, John Denver, it has to be during quote-unquote country night at Personal Wilson Stadium. I mean, don't don't mess this up, folks. Do not do not mess this up, Alouettes. Come on. You've got one job. <laughs> one job. Well, no, actually, you got two jobs. Win the game against Saskatchewan and then play Country Roads. Yeah. In that order. Exactly. By the way, another thing, too, i got to give a – I know you're saying it's country night. Um the uh, and we don't mention it often though, but the fifty fifty this week, uh, which you can do either do in stadium or online, uh, because of a donation by Nolanor, it already has started at ten thousand dollars. So already yeah, somebody's going to walk away with five k. Yep, and uh, also too uh, the last game, if I'm not mistaken, got up to twenty six thousand. So I mean, yeah. I I know people in Alberta are laughing their asses off because those can get up to like three four hundred k very easily, whereas or here, touch, yeah, touch, touchdown Atlantic Grey Cup, World, yeah, World okay, Juniors, those, Blue sure, Jays, Blue mean, Jays, <laughs> but still, I if it gets over ten k, I'm happy. I, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to Alouette games, it it, it it's for a good cause. The money is good for a good cause. Yes. Yeah, so again, I know lots of uh, Saskatchewan fans are going to make the trip uh, apparently to see the see the Riders play in Montreal, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that because they're so used to buying 50-50 tickets out that way that they'll probably buy them here. So this could be a pretty big pod actually. So I, I sincerely hope so because yeah, the money money does go to the Montreal Alouettes Foundation. They do a lot of great things with that money. Uh, but folks, I mean, if you're going to the game, I mean, you could be looking at a pretty sizable jackpot and. That could be yours, but you, you got to buy the tickets, whether it's online or in the stadium. You can't win if you don't play. So let, let's see if we can get that jackpot up to, like, maybe not Alberta numbers, but at least, you know, I mean, 30000 would be nice, too. I mean, you walk out, walk out with fifteen k. That's that's not a bad night's work when you think about it. No, not at all. Not at all. Um Yeah, so, again, and I think it's a three-for-one. But, but either way, it should be a great game. Um, it, it it's again it's 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 Friday night football, baby. 
Friday night. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, me and my singing. So, um, yeah. Uh, also, I think, and just one last thing before we go, I, I think it's well worth well worth mentioning, Cliff, um, is that I think it happened last week, and I, I just didn't mention it at all. Um, is uh, got to give a shout out to to uh, Annie LaRoche who has now become the first ever women's president in Montreal sports history. If you don't know, obviously she a long, long, long history with the Alouettes, cheerleader, uh, head of the, uh, uh, of the foundation. Uh, just a shout out to her for becoming the, the president of the, uh, of the Alliance de Montreal. So it just, you know, it's nice to see somebody, you know, basically do what she's done and to start with the Alouettes. It's even cooler. So. Yeah. And that just goes to show, I mean, like so many people have been a member of this organization and gone on to bigger and better things. And Annie is just proof positive that, yeah, you just come in, do the work, put your nose to the grindstone and just keep on going. And, you know, you do the work and great things are going to happen. And yeah, definitely you have to give her all kinds of props for that. Uh, the Alliance de Montreal definitely, uh, I think they're their second season now, uh, playing in the uh, CEBL. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, just doing good, good things. I mean, it's all part of Montreal sports, and you know, helping grow that along with the Canadians, the Alouettes, CF Montreal, and so on. Like for, for the Alliance now to be in that conversation as well is huge, and a lot of that has to do with the the hard work that Annie Larouche has done with the Alliance. And yeah, you definitely got to take your cap, tip your cap to her. Uh, well done. And you just know that with her at the helm, things are just going to get bigger, better, stronger, faster, and so on. Exactly. Uh, if we don't see you at the game, we will see you. Uh, we'll see you all on Flight Deck Live um, post game, our post game show. So uh, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that, and we'll we'll put out all the links so you'll be able to to join us to hear about our thoughts of the Alouettes and the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So Cliff, dude, yeah, make sure. I- make sure- yeah. yeah, make sure you're following us all, on all our socials, as I said, uh, especially if you want to make sure you're notified when Flight Deck Live goes live. Uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram, because uh, as soon as we go live, you get notified for it. So, you know, we, we want to make sure everybody's checking us out and you'll hear all of our thoughts on the game afterwards, good, bad or other. So by all means, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following the, the Flight Deck on Instagram and make sure you check out Flight Deck Live because... You know, we're, we're having a blast being able to talk about the game and sharing our thoughts almost immediately. Exactly. So, dude, I'll see you at the game, and I hope to see you guys also. But if not, we will talk to you next week. So for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Run Final Approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.